Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Tuesday, March 8th. Coming up, climate change is causing warmer winters and more extreme weather in Kansas and Missouri, and that's having an impact on farmers. We don't get a couple of inches of snow, we get 18 inches of snow all at once. And then in five days, it's 70 degrees again. Like, that's devastating to a vegetable farm. Plus, a dispatch from a Ukrainian-owned store in the Ozarks. But first, some headlines. A Johnson County judge has appointed an attorney to represent Jalen Elmore, the Olathe East High School student who allegedly shot two people at the school on Friday. KCUR's Carlos Moreno reports. Elmore, who faces a charge of attempted capital murder, remains in critical condition at Overland Park Regional Hospital. Judge Dan Vokens appointed former Johnson County DA and Kansas Attorney General Paul Morrison to represent him. Morrison is now in private practice in Olathe. Bond for Elmore has been set at $1 million. The two school administrators who were shot, Vice Principal Caleb Stoppel and School Resource Officer Eric Clark, were released from the hospital on Friday. Elmore pleaded guilty to aggravated robbery in Wyandotte County in 2020 for stealing a wallet and was sentenced to probation. He was a juvenile at the time he completed his probation last July. Kansas legislators are debating how to best keep students safe following Friday's shooting. In the past, some have proposed arming teachers. State Representative Blake Carpenter, a Republican from Derby, proposed such a bill in 2018 following a shooting in Parkland, Florida that left 17 people dead. But Democratic Representative Brandon Woodard of Olathe tells KCUR he thinks that's not the right approach for teachers. They're already under stress. We've already seen throughout the pandemic that they're already going through so much to educate our young people, they shouldn't have to also worry about uh, carrying a weapon with them as well. Kansas does not currently require background checks on unlicensed gun sales. Last year, the state also voted to lower the minimum age to carry a concealed weapon from 21 to 18. Ukrainians in the United States are watching from afar as Russian forces invade their home country. In the Missouri Ozarks, the workers at one small business immigrated from three countries now directly involved in the conflict. Jennifer Moore reports from Springfield. There's an alterations shop on South Campbell Avenue in Springfield. Inside, Ukrainian immigrant Andrei Wakrushev is having tea with his staff and revving up the sewing machines ahead of another busy day. His brother is now in a war zone, and Wakrushev is doing his best to keep in touch. My family uh, brother, he has 12 kids, and they need to be fed. They uh, want to be... Um, do something as usual, but now it's a very bad situation. They just, uh, as soon as they hear a sirens, uh, they go to the shelter, five, ten minutes or one hour sitting there, scaring, crying. Uh, with the hope everything would be all right, so they're very scary now. Where are they in Ukraine? Uh, they're um, exactly there in Cherkasy region uh, in the center of Ukraine. So you are the owners. You have employees here mm -hmm. who are from Russia, from Belarus. You are from Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Is it tense among the employees here? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, we are friendly. We are nice. We are simple, easy people. Um, 
We are always uh, nice to each other and kind. Uh, we can hear our families' uh, situations or stories or needs because we are all one nation. I ask Wokrushev what he means when he says we are all one nation. Is he referring to Slavic countries or humankind more broadly? He says he's referring to the countries that once comprised the former Soviet Union. He was born in 77, so he was still a kid when the Cold War ended. But he remembers life from back then. It wasn't that long ago when they were unified by one central communist government, even as they maintained their unique identities. Because most of us are adults here. We uh, were born in uh, Soviet Union and grew up in Soviet Union. So we used to be together. We used to go to any country we wanted. Even people uh, got together for marriage. Uh, families moved from uh, Ukraine or Russia, Russia to Ukraine or Belarus. One of Vakrushev's employees, Nina, is from neighboring Belarus. Another, Yelena, is from Russia. I was born in Siberia. Siberia. S- Siberia. Her father was imprisoned twice by the Soviet Union for openly practicing Christianity. Eventually, he was expelled and hopscotched across Europe before seeking a new beginning in the United States. Yelena followed him in 1989, she says. Her life is a testament to the extremely close bonds between Russia and Ukraine. Even though she's from Russia, as a young woman, she donned a traditional Ukrainian dress and wed a Ukrainian man. Her niece is also married to a Ukrainian, and her relatives are there now. And uh, Ukrainian people, Russian people, doesn't want war. Everybody pray. Our church pray for peace in the Ukraine, in the Russian, in the American. Here in this small alteration shop in the Missouri Ozarks, the workers are helping each other through this difficult time, despite that their home countries are now at war. They say they'll continue to respect what makes them unique while leaning on the threads that bind them together. I'm Jennifer Moore in Springfield. Across much of the U.S., winter is not as cold as it used to be. In Missouri and Kansas, the average winter temperature is about four degrees warmer than it was in 1970. St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports warmer winters are changing how some farmers grow their crops. On a frigid winter morning, Liz Graznak cracks open the door of a greenhouse, letting out a rush of warm, earthy-smelling air. She carefully peels back a layer of cloth on the ground, revealing rows of tiny sprouts. That's the delphinium plants. These little dudes right there. (laughs) This is just one of four greenhouses that Graznak has at her organic farm near Columbia, Missouri. Inside, she's able to grow delicate, high-value crops, like flowers and spinach. Graznak says these greenhouses help protect plants from extreme swings in weather, something she's noticed is happening more frequently. We don't get a couple of inches of snow. We get 18 inches of snow all at once. And then in five days, it's 70 degrees again. Like, that's devastating to a vegetable farm. Data show extreme weather is just one of the many effects of climate change across the U.S. For farmers like Graznak, another major change is warmer winters. The four hottest Januaries on record have all occurred since 2016. Amy Butler is a climate scientist at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. 
She says winter is warming faster than any other season, based on data going back to the late 1800s. But, she says, cold weather will still happen. Less cold does not mean never cold. It just means that really cold weather will happen less often and be less severe or persistent in the future. These warmer winters have ripple effects in agriculture, says Dennis Toddy, director of the USDA Midwest Climate Hub in Ames, Iowa. One of the effects is on soils. Toddy says Midwestern soil is fertile because historically it freezes every year, which stops bacteria and other organisms from breaking it down. As the winter's warm, we have a longer period of time where that is unfrozen or we have more of the area that it never freezes. So the soils can kind of break down. So we start losing more of that good uh, nutrient value in those soils. When soils don't freeze, it can also help crop pests survive the winter and allow them to expand into new regions. But when it comes to agriculture in the Midwest, one of the most noticeable results of climate change right now is longer growing seasons. Richard Oswald's family has been farming in northwest Missouri on the Nebraska border since the 1840s. When I was a kid, my dad had a firm rule, you don't plant corn before the 12th of May. And the reason for that is the right time to plant corn is when oak leaves are the size of squirrel's ears. That's when the season starts. <laughs> Now, Oswald says, he and other farmers plant corn a month earlier, in mid-April. That's partly because they're planting hardier varieties now. But he says the weather also warms up a lot sooner than it used to. These longer growing seasons can result in higher yields. Still, Oswald says he worries climate change will make farming much harder in the future. He's been thinking about it more and more since 2019, when catastrophic flooding swamped his farm and childhood home. From his pickup truck, he points to where the water stood for months. From the Nebraska bluffs behind us to the Missouri bluffs in front of us, it was all water. Oswald lost about 26,000 bushels of corn in that flood, some of which is still rotting on the ground at his farm. He says farmers rely on science and data every day to grow their crops, and the data show climate change is happening. But in his community, not many people will discuss it. They don't want to use the word climate change. Yeah, it's been hot, but I don't want to call it climate change. Or it's been wet, but I wouldn't say it's climate change. Having these frank discussions is hard, he says, but it will help them better prepare for what's coming. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Shayla Farzan. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read our coverage of the Olathe East High School shooting, visit kcur.org, where you can find more Kansas and Missouri news from Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.